You are listening to Behind the Horse's Eyes on the Illiterate Podcast Network. To another episode of Behind the Horse's Eyes. I am always your humble host, Ryan. We have an amazing show today. We got Roddy Colton, internet influencer, Western style influencer, however you want to put it. He has gained huge traction in a short amount of time, and it was all because he is one of the most inspirational people I think I have ever had the opportunity to interview on this show. Roddy is the epitome of overcoming adversity. Roddy would be diagnosed with cerebral palsy at the age of two. And as most people would see that as a door closing in front of them, Rowdy saw it as an opportunity to start opening doors, not, not only for himself, but also people who would be afflicted with a physical disability. He would get involved in the Western world in a lot of ways that most of us would not think about, by influencing. And he's a hell of an influencer. So without any further ado... I hope you enjoyed this episode with an interview with Rowdy Colton. And we are joined by Rowdy Colton. Rowdy, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Ryan. How are you? I am doing awesome. And... You know, we met kind of by happenstance a day ago, yeah. and uh, as soon as uh, as soon as I started watching your content, and I met you, and it was over a pair of boots of all things, and uh, I said, I've got to have him on. I need him to tell his story, and social media is something that has just grown for you quickly, hasn't it? Yeah, it's it's so funny because I was actually thinking about it today that this all happened by accident. When I started doing TikTok, I started doing it as a complete joke. Like if people scroll down to the bottom of my page, they'll see that I'm just doing stuff that is very goofy and there was literally no point to it whatsoever. I did it to make myself laugh and to make my friends laugh. And then it turned into now I basically am representing brands and representing myself and the Western world on TikTok. I, I have people that follow me, and as soon as I did a uh, I did a little little call to arms, like, hey, you need to go follow, you need to go follow Rowdy right now. And I had people in my DMs going, man, I've been following him. Where have you been? And uh, one guy was like, oh, I'll, I'll watch his fit every day. That's awesome. You know, I mean, my, so and well, and and my my TikTok started the exact same way as yours. It was just me making dumb videos at work, and then I I made fun of Appaloosas one day. And it got like 400,000 views. And, and so I was like, you know, there might be something to this horse stuff. Yes, sir. So, but your story, your story has got to be amazing. And that. yeah, and so we want to hear it. And I think my listeners want to hear it. And so we can all draw inspiration from you because you are, and I've never seen you without a smile. And I'm sure you have your, your, your hard days. Everyone does. But I never see you without a smile. I, I, never, I went through all your content. I've never seen you mad, upset. You're just positive, always I positive. That. I appreciate that. Well, I think a big thing about that, too, is that you could go on TikTok and find plenty of people that, like, they're just – they're known for being just irritated and angry and all that stuff. And that's just – that's not who I want to be. Um, and that's not who my parents raised me to be either. Um I am trying to represent the Western world, which is kind of under fire right now for some of the, the ways that we live and also people uh, that have disabilities as well. And I just think that it's it's important to have a little bit of positivity in the world. Exactly. So your story, can we get into your story? I want to know from 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 your diagnosis and how it affects you to to who you are today. Absolutely. Because it's got to be a heck of a ride. Yeah, yeah, quite a bit. Okay, so I was born February 2nd, uh, 1999. And, you know, 
I think that there was, there was a little bit of issue during uh, my birth, but nothing that was really, they didn't think was an issue or anything like that. Um, my parents were very close with the doctor that helped deliver me, all that kind of stuff. Um, two years down the road, I was not walking. Um, and during this time, I lived in Oklahoma. I lived in a few small towns in Oklahoma. And so obviously since I hadn't developed to walk yet, they were going to different doctors and things like that. Well, to my recollection, I believe my mom said that her and my dad went and saw six different doctors who said that I was being lazy. Well, then we finally went to OU Children's up in Oklahoma City, and we saw a specialist there who after hours and hours of just testing i think my mom said that they spent about seven hours in the hospital that day just waiting for the test to come back and they said that i have cerebral palsy so that was that was dang that was a long time ago but yeah i, I think and then going forward um i had i want to say i've had two or three surgeries on my legs, I had, I had the biggest surgery I've ever had was on my Achilles and on my hamstrings. They went in and released the muscles because the way that my body works, my muscles get really, really tight. So they had to go in there and kind of, I guess you could say, cut the the muscles. Um, and but those are kind of just the the major surgeries and everything like that. But when it comes to kind of who it's developed me to be, um, I'll kind of talk about my parents for a second. Uh, so. Ahead. Yeah, both of my parents were very strong-willed people. Both were very athletic. My mom was a gymnast. Uh, she did gymnastics, all that kind of stuff. Very athletic woman. Uh, my father played football. He ran track. He was a Marine, and he rode bulls. Uh, so, you know, they were they were the athletic people. So, you know, when it came, as, as time got older, they didn't hold me back from anything. Um, you know, I think... One time I remember specifically um, my dad telling me, hey, the world's not going to feel sorry for you, so you can't feel sorry for yourself. And I think that that's some of the best advice that I've ever received. But, you know, when I when I was going through school and everything like that, they pushed me to do things because I just I lived up to my name. And, you know, it was really funny when it comes to my name. My sister came up with the idea to name me Rowdy. It wasn't my dad or my mom. It was my sister. And for your listeners, yes, my name is actually Rowdy. It's on my birth certificate, all that stuff. Um, I was going to ask that. Yeah, yeah. So my my biological name is Rowdy. So, but, you know, I just, I grew up loving sports. You know, I grew up in a small town in Oklahoma. I loved playing sports. I loved watching sports, all that kind of stuff. Uh, the sport that I really got into more than anything had to have been uh, football. Uh, my dad was a football coach for several years, and I just loved the sport. Well, I grew up, and we kind of got me into uh, doing some calf riding. Uh, that's that's kind of where I fell in love with the sport was kind of then. Uh, and I attend the the buckle that I have. I got it from it's a camp called the Camp of Champions in Sarah, Oklahoma. Uh, I encourage your listeners to go check them out. They're awesome. They bring in a bunch of like world champions from all the different rodeo sports that are Christ-like people, and they like bring them to Sarah and have them teach kids for like a week. So I, I ended up getting this buckle for my attitude. It was like the highest award that they gave that week, and it was for how somebody carried themselves. So that's been the only buckle that I've ever won was because of how I carried myself as a person, which was really cool. Um, but as I got older, I kind of got away from the Western way. Um, my dad's always been a cowboy and everything, you know, as a kid, you know, my dad was always wanting me to wear boots, jeans, all that stuff. Well, I didn't want to, I didn't care to, and I kind of got away from it. And, you know, the older I got, I spent a lot of time with my grandparents and my grandparents are about as cowboy as it gets. And, uh, they would take me to the American and all that stuff. And I think when I really fell back in love with the Western way and being a cowboy was probably when I was uh, a senior in high school. Like, I think there was just some people that I absolutely love, like J.B. Mooney, um, you know, Tough Cooper, all those guys that you just see, you know, represent the Western way on the biggest platforms possible. I saw those guys and I was like, dang, I want to be like those guys. Those guys are awesome. Um and then 
but obviously with my disability, I, I didn't really have access to, uh, you know, rodeoing or anything like that. Because when I was in high school, uh, my parents got divorced and my mom and I moved to Dallas. Uh, and we live and we live like in a suburb of Dallas. So we I didn't have access to like there wasn't even dirt around me. Like, honestly, there was no dirt. Uh, so I really couldn't like do any type of rodeo and stuff. And but I loved it. I loved watching bull riding, love watching the NFR, all that kind of stuff. But I didn't know like how to get into that stuff. Uh, but so fast forward to, to this year, this is my senior year in college um, and I got to be i got to sign up for a horsemanship class they teach you all the stuff about horses and riding and all that stuff well i knew the majority of this stuff already you know just because my dad had taught me a bunch of it but i had you know finally been able to get on and ride again and uh then you know that's when the TikTok stuff kind of started picking up and i was like you know what i kind of want to just i want to represent the western way and you know just show people how i dress and you know, people ended up loving it. And because of that, I've had several people reach out to me and like want to bring me on the rodeo trail with them. Uh, so I think for the ultimate goal for me after graduation, whether that be right after graduation or shortly after, I'd really like to, you know, work around rodeo. I think a big dream of mine is to work with the PRCA or work for them. Um, but, you know, I hope that kind of answers some of your questions about my life right there. I uh, just want to kind of hit some high high spots. Yeah, I mean that that is so so you did ride and I you did, did I did ride for a little bit. You did ride for a little bit, so you're not riding anymore. No, I'm not riding anymore. I don't ride uh, I don't ride rough stock anymore. Rough stock is something that I love. If I could ride rough stock, I would. I'd drop everything to go ride rough stock, but I'm really trying to get into like team roping a little bit more. I do some team roping when I go visit my dad, but I'm really trying to get more into that. Okay, yeah. People always ask me with with horses if I've ever rode a bronc, and I tell them never on purpose. There's <laughs> never been a, a a purpose thing. If I was going to ride rough stock, though, it would probably be probably be broncs. Yeah. For for one, it's just one of those traditional things, and you don't see those guys. I have seen rodeos here in the southeast where they 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 open the gate on three bronc riders because that's all that showed up, and mm-hmm. they run they run saddle bronc and bareback together. Yeah. You know, it's a yeah. If I, if I was to do rough stock, it would definitely be either saddle bronc or bull riding. Those are those are the two things that I am probably the most passionate about watching. So if I if I physically could, you'd see me on the weekends traveling around doing those events. So to switch gears just a little bit, so you know, you 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 go through that, and then you decide, hey, I'm going to embrace Western culture the way I can embrace Western culture, the way you want to embrace Western culture right now. You hop on TikTok, you start showing your fit every day, and then all of a sudden you've got brands wanting to reach out to you. I mean, how does that, you know, you've got, like, I've got content creator friends, you know, I'm sitting at 50K, I've got friends that are, you know, in the couple of hundred K, and and we're chomping at the bit, and, uh, you know, and then I look at your content, and I see exactly why, you know, because... Your fit is on point every day. I appreciate that. Um, so what what was that like? Man, it was crazy. Uh, it really was. Um, I, I kind of want to give a shout out to like the first brand that like really reached out to me. Um, it was Cactus Alley Hat Company. They like reached out to me and said, hey, we want to call you and just talk to you. And they like they made the effort to like talk to me and get to know me. Um, and I absolutely love those guys. Uh, and it's awesome to work with them, but it, it was really crazy, like genuinely, because I, I, I would follow people on TikTok and I'm like, man, how cool would that be to like represent brands and everything like that? I think the coolest thing for me is that I'm getting to represent brands that are trying to grow. It's not like brands that already have hundreds of thousands of followers and stuff like that. It, it's brands that I see are also trying to grow as I'm trying to grow. So I think it's really cool that I'm able to help them grow as they're able to help me grow as well. So it's it's a it's a huge blessing for me because I, I think that there's 
we're both giving each other something and we're both getting something out of it. So I just find it a, a huge blessing. And I mean, seriously, I, I have to clean my room out all the time because I have some boxes and stuff like that, that I have to get out. But it's just been so cool, man. Like, honestly, that, you know, like the hats and the boots and stuff like that, it's, it's just been so cool. And then I'm able to like give some of that stuff away because I don't need, you know, 50 some hats so i'm able to give some of my friends like ball caps that have been supportive and all that stuff and so it's just been a really really cool experience is that where that hat come from that you're wearing now yes sir i yes, love sir. that hat I thank love that you hat. so and for much those, i've, got, I've yeah. gotten so many compliments about it i love it for, for those that are playing along at home and can't see this it says cowboys make better lovers i have to agree i mean thank i you. haven't put that to the test i'm just saying i have to agree. well i can uh it's kind of funny. I'm a ministry major at a Christian college here oh. in Texas, and I will wear this to class, and I have no shame whatsoever. What, and uh, I, what school are you going to, if you don't mind I'm me asking? I'm going to Christian University in okay. West Texas. Yeah. Yes, sir. You even got a football program over there. Yes, sir. A little bit of a football program. Our, our, our basketball program is probably more well-known. We beat the University of Texas last year during March Madness. Listen— can can I just say something about as a football one college football fan to another and college basketball fan? Is it really something to brag about if you beat Texas anymore these these days? Oh, I mean, hey, as a <laughs> Christian college man, I'll I'll take all the bragging points I can get on that one. Well, you grew up in Oklahoma, correct? Yes, sir, I did. So I take it you're either uh, either a Pokes fan or Boomer Sooner. Oh, I'm pokes all day long go cowboys okay i can handle that because if it was going to be boomer sooner i was just going to remind you about the rose bowl a few years ago no my some of my best friends in oklahoma are diehard ou fans and their family gives me hard time all the time but i am a diehard oklahoma state fan yeah i was uh i was pulling for rodriguez for heisman from you guys by the way okay well, yeah, i appreciate yeah, he didn't even get he didn't even get a sniff. We, they sent that guy from Michigan and just got shut down by Georgia's offensive line for an entire game. So the Hutchins, yep. yeah. Oh yeah. Whatever. We could talk about college football all day, so we better oh, stop. For sure. But for for, for sure. the record, we'll, I think we'll have another I, podcast where you and I can talk football. That's right. Because if I get, I'll get to talking about Georgia this year, and I'll get giddy and start still dancing because it's all still fresh and new for me. Oh after, yeah. After forty oh, years, yeah. you know. I don't blame, I don't blame you. So, so you're getting the brands, you're getting, you're, you know, you're doing all of this type of stuff. What is, let's say, and I know you're a ministry major. Mm -hmm. What is it? What are you looking at five years from now? I mean, are you looking at branching off on what you're, what you're doing? I know you, you know, you'll be out of school and, and everything by that point. Um, where, where does this fit in or, or will it fit in? You know, man, I, I think about that quite a bit, but I also, you know, try to live in the moment because the Lord has definitely blessed me in this season of life where I'm able to really enjoy what's going on. But I, one of my biggest dreams, and I don't know what this would look like, but I want to do ministry uh, around rodeo. I want to be able to travel the rodeos on the weekends and be around the, the rough cowboys and the rough cowgirls and all that stuff. Um those are my people. Those are the people that I feel most comfortable with. Um, you know, I want to continue to grow. I want to continue to represent the Western world in the most positive way possible. Um, you know, I have brands that, you know, are pretty big that I have dreams of maybe working with one day. Um, but, you know, I think that five years from now, that's that's a lot to think about just because so much has happened in the last four or five months. Oh, that yeah. it's so hard to think about, but I think just, you know, I I truly believe that the Lord has opened doors for me through TikTok, that I have absolute faith that more doors are going to be opened down the road, and I'm going to be exactly where I need to be. Yeah, I have no doubt that every door that's ever going to be put in front of you is it, going to open very wide. For a guy like you, it would be a shame if it wasn't. And you were talking about doing ministry around rodeo. Have you thought about announcing? Because you've got a voice for it. You know, I've really thought about that. Uh, my dad says the same thing. My dad does some announcing here and there. Uh, but I've really thought about it. I just, you know, you know how it is, man. That This sport is so hard to get yeah. into. And, you know, it's, it's, it's all about who you know, not what you know. It's all well, about who you know. And I think... 
you know, if given the opportunity, I'd, I'd give her hell. But, you know, I, I, I'd, I'd love to try it out someday. I've got a – well, I can't really say friend, more of an acquaintance, um, Alan Moorhead, who is a um, radio announcer. He got his start with uh, the NBHA, mm-hmm. um, and it was a wasted talent with the NBHA just calling names and times. Mm. And the next thing I know, he's doing a lot of IPRA stuff, and he's he's still on the road doing IPRA and some PRCA stuff. And now his son is announcing, um, and that's why I asked because I mean I know a couple of announcers, and you know, no offense, Alan, but you've got you've got the voice for it. You're you're young, Thank you. Thank and you. Uh, I mean there's there's no reason why, you know, I, I'm pretty sure if you put your mind to it, that door would open. You, you're oh, just yeah. that type of guy. Oh, for sure. Well, I tell you what, man, I think what was really what really blew my mind was just the vi- I, and I think I know you've seen this video, the one where I did about putting out an application to travel with people. Yeah, that went insanely big. And I was I did like a dorky voice like there was no seriousness about that. And I had people reaching out to me from every which way. And uh, I think, you know, as I watch my videos, I think a big part is like how my voice comes across and it like it's very upbeat but I also know that you know when I speak people listen and that and I mean that in the most gracious way possible but I know that I have an ability to grab people's attention when I speak yeah you you're the type of person that takes the room it's not that you mean to take the room but just when you speak people look oh he's talking yeah, Listen. you should probably email my fourth grade teacher and tell her that that you know it wasn't a bad thing when I was just loud. I just couldn't help it. Yeah, my 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 government teacher felt the same way about me in high school. She loved me. We were on completely, totally different opposites of the spectrum, but she was still my favorite teacher. But there had to be days when she saw me raise my hand and it was just like, not today, mm-hmm. not to not today. Oh yeah, oh yeah. When when I walk into a room, even my college professors. I walked into a room one day and I think he could hear me from outside the door. And before he even looked at me, he said, hello, Rowdy. How are you doing today? <laughs> when, when I'm walking down a hallway, you know, it's me because I just I can't help it, man. I'm just loud. <laughs> your style. I have to ask you about your style. You it's... have embraced the modern connotation of of Western and mm-hmm. and I'm loving it. Like it's not, you know, I'm almost 40 I can't really pull off a lot of the looks anymore because they think I'm picking on the, you know, I'm in a very female driven sport Yeah. and uh, they eat me alive as it is anyway. Okay. Uh, so I, I just want to look older and what I am. So, you know, I can just go about my business um, if that makes any sense. Oh, but, yes. uh, you have fully embraced that. And so what, I mean, explain that. Like for, I know a lot of, some people ask me all the time, Hey, what is up with a lot of the new, you know, Western feel that that is out there? Um, you know, we're starting to see more of the vintage look come back. Um, you know, we're starting to see a lot more silver and turquoise and come back. Mm-hmm. Um, bandanas and wild rags. You know, we're seeing um, really, really, really short crowned hats and stuff. And then we're seeing really, really tall ones, you know, tall hats, too. Um, you know, is that, and I hate to say it cause I hate to throw his name out there and name drop, but you know, you've got guys like Del Brisby and, and stuff that were really kind of pushing that before it got popular mm. in a sense. I was joking because his name is not Del Brisby. I forget his actual name. He was a Bronx writer. Yeah. And, uh, but so, I mean, how, you know, looking at how does your dad look at what is Western now compared to what was Western when when he was bull riding well i don't even know if my dad's really seen many of my tiktoks honestly oh like, really yeah well he might have watched a couple but he really didn't know how good things were going like he he really didn't know like my mom and my stepdad were the only ones that knew out of my parents because my mom and my stepdad both have tiktok and everything and my mom follows me i don't think my stepdad does but my mom follows me so she keeps up with what i'm doing but you know, I it's so funny that you say, like, I've embraced a certain style. I think for me, I just I wear what I want. Like, I just 
all the shirts and all that stuff i've had in my closet for years but what i think what i'm trying to say is i think that is the style yeah right now is there's no there's no you know and i always hate this about because and i i've talked about this before in the past i cannot stand the gatekeeping that's in our culture the gatekeeping in our culture and then you throw in like the toxicity of like the equestrian community too and it, it becomes uh too much for a lot of people to take and i've noticed that the way it is going nowadays is it's more of this free spirit type attitude mm -hmm. that if you find it in a thrift store, wear it. Or yeah. if it's what you had for years, you wear it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And and I'm I'm loving it. I'm yeah. here for it. I, I think I just have the confidence to just wear it. I mean Well, I think that's the big part about it is if, if yeah. I, you can wear anything if you're confident enough. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, you know, I I personally like to starch almost all my jeans. Every yeah. Most jeans that I have are starched. I just like it. I think it's a clean look. Most people at my school don't do that. So I get my friends will actually make fun of me for it. My friends will be like, why do you do that? Like, what's the point? I'm like, I don't know. My dad kind of raised me to do it. And a lot of my heroes do it. So I just kind of do it. And I look good doing it. Well, I and, have to admit, I have four pairs of Wranglers in the closet that stay starched at all times. That I yeah. mean, if I put my feet, feet in, you just hear them rip apart, you know. And then yeah. I have those that I wear daily that aren't. I, I figured out a trick for me because I have such a hard time pushing my little legs through there is I will open up the bottom of the pant legs and there's already a hole there. So it makes it a thousand times easier for me to just push my legs through there. They so just make you a little pocket to go. Through. Yep. Just make me a little pocket. You know, I didn't even, I didn't even think about that with heavy yeah. starts that if that was a problem, because I yep. have a problem for that. Oh yeah, man. I literally like, I will open up the bottom of the pants already. And there is a hole down there, so that way it makes it a thousand times easier for me to just push push through. I'll I'll, I'll I get a good contingent of uh, of the English writers that listen to, and right now they are so confused. Mm, yeah, they're so confused. I don't think they start their breaches or anything. I gotcha. But so, uh, when it comes to the gatekeeping and everything, I think that's also part of the reason that I got into this. I think it's you look at me. I don't rodeo. I don't do any of that stuff. I would love to, but I just can't right now with me being in school and all that stuff. And physically, it's hard. I live up to my name and I just do what I want. Like I will. And I but I also do it respectfully. I just get on here and I don't pretend to be anybody that I'm not. Like you're I'm, not, Yeah, you're not walking down the street calling yourself a cowboy and this, that and the other. Yeah. The, the, and that's the thing is a lot, a lot of people nowadays, they, they want to define what a cowboy is. You want to know what I think a cowboy is? This is what my dad told me because he knew, you know, obviously it was going to be hard for me to rodeo all that stuff. He told me this and people may disagree with me on this and I'm fine with that. He said a cowboy isn't about what you do. It's about who you are and what you got on the inside of you. I got cowboy running through my veins years back. Cowboy is what I have in my heart. It's about how you treat other people and how you, you know, how you carry yourself. I, I had a guy that reached out to me because of a TikTok that I posted and he kind of called me out on some stuff. And, but we, we had a conversation on the phone and he said, man, the fact that, you know, you're not saying you're this or that, you're just, you're just you. Yeah. I think that's the big thing is that like, I'm not out here saying, Oh, I'm a bull rider. Or I'm cowboy because of how I carry myself as a man. Yeah. Well, and I've always said that too. I've always said that 80% of what it takes to be a cowboy comes from the heart. Mm -hmm. The rest of it is 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 being a hand, and you could take whatever it is being a hand away, and I still know some pretty good cowboys. Yep. Yeah. That, you know, and the and if we can talk about the gatekeeping a little bit, because I know you've run across it, you've probably seen it in your social media mm -hmm. uh, quite a bit. I see it in mine, and I've never claimed to be mm -hmm. anything. Um, the the gatekeeping in this culture, everybody has got their own perceived. Um, idea of what something could be, and I've always noticed that a lot of the times the loudest voices are those with the smallest resumes. Mm. You know, and that's the thing is, I, I'm sure you saw this was, you know, when the when those boys from up north moved down to Texas and they created the Tratter House, and just yeah. the west the Western world blew up about it, and I got to thinking about it. And I, and I really thought about it. I think people in this, in the Western realm are too concerned about what other people are doing. 
I don't care what those dudes over there are doing or what they call themselves. I don't care. I think that people are literally too concerned about what other people are doing. And that that's the big problem. That's where the gatekeeping comes from is I'm not looking, I'm not looking around at what other content creators are doing because I'm representing myself. And yes, we may be in the same, you know, Western realm, but I'm not out here commenting on this person or this person saying, Oh, you're not cowboy because of this. And, your hat shouldn't look like that. I don't care. Like, I, I yeah. genuinely don't care. My dad used to have a saying for people like that. And uh, he'd always say those are the type that would complain about the neighbor's grass while their house is on fire. Mm. Yeah. It's, it, I think that's just the big thing, man, is I think people should just keep to themselves. I mean, if you have a, and you, if you have a genuine concern about it, don't take it to social media. Don't make a video about somebody. You go to them personally. That's that's just the problem with society in general today, man, is just people aren't willing to just have a, a person, a person conversation. They want to take all their issues to social media and then things get blown out of proportion. Well, I, and I lived through a similar time that we're having now. You know, we're seeing a big influx in Western culture, uh, specifically because of television. I mean, we mm-hmm. can we can say that. I mean, it's the honest truth. Uh, oh, yeah. Shows like Yellowstone and stuff are bringing a lot of people in. And a lot of people want to sit back and say that's a bad thing, and I don't because it's opening a lot of people's eyes to mm-hmm. – to, and those that really want to dig into how we live and what we do mm-hmm. and what it takes. It's a great educational tool. Now, that's obviously a giant work of fiction. None of that. Oh, none, 100%, 100%, yeah. 100%. But if one person gets out there and they learn to be a good horseman… Or they decide, you know what, I'm going to go buy 200 acres of land, and I'm going to live on it, and I'm going to start raising cows. If, if if just a handful of people done that, then I am all for every bit of it. Oh, yeah. And then you've got – on the opposite side, you've got those, oh, I've never watched that. I'm not going to be you – know, yeah, I'm not. Those, those people, they're just wanting this, or they're just going to do this, that, and the other, and have you – you know, oh, that tractor supply hat and oh, this, that, and the other. And in the past, I think when it first all started coming down, I think there was a few of us, even me included, that was just like, this is getting old. This is getting yeah. old real quick. And then I just learned to embrace it. Mm-hmm. And and you it's embraced it. man. It's genuinely, yeah. it's just entertainment, you know, and I think that that's just, I, I've watched Yellowstone. I don't keep up with it. But I know that some people just get so upset about it and everything. And, you know, that's part of the reason I make the content that I do, man. Like, I want the Western community to be looked upon as a as a positive, welcoming place. And I will say I am very blessed to say that I haven't really had many people gatekeep me from the Western community. Like, in in all honesty, because I go through most of my comments and I try to interact with people that comment with me because – I don't want them to just feel like they're another number or another follower, but I just, I just think that I want to be as positive as I can. I want people to come across my page and be like, dang, that kid's cowboy. I, I like the way that he carries himself. Yeah. And, and, and that's the big part. I think a lot of people miss is just, it's just how you carry yourself. And it's the person that you are. I don't care if I walk out, we have a place here where I'm from. Uh, it's called the country club and it's just a, a Western dance hall is all it is. And, you know, it's on the South Carolina border over in Georgia. It's not Texas. It's not Oklahoma. It's not South Dakota. So, you know, yeah, we're going to get those that, uh, you know, just come straight yeah. out the cul-de-sac, you know, and yeah. it's fine. It just uh, people get way too caught up with, with oh, what yeah. they say. And, and it, just like you said earlier, worried about what somebody else is doing and not themselves. Oh, yeah. I mean – well, and this is just a quick example, you know, may, and maybe I'm way off with this. And if I am, I'm fine with that. That's like looking at somebody that wears their favorite professional athletes jersey. Yeah. And people start saying, oh, well, you're not an athlete. You're like 250 and you're five foot eight. You're not an athlete. You can't wear that person's jersey. Yeah. They and won't no- support them. Why, why, why not? So and if somebody wants to go get them a pair of skinny jeans and some boots that the the pants don't fit right let them that's whatever do it that's your style exactly i've i prefer to wear my jeans and my hat and my style a certain way and jimmy down the street may want to wear his a different way and i'm fine with that 
because I'm confident in who I am as a man and I know what I stand for. And that's that's what I'm concerned about. And if people don't like that, that's OK, because everybody has an opinion. Oh, yeah. And their, their opinions don't affect who I am and who I dress out to be. So I was talking with a friend the other day, and this is a good example of that. And um, we were we were looking at videos and Ian Munzik came up mm. and uh, they go, wow, I guess that's what cowboys have turned into. And I was like, you know, he's more cowboy than you will ever be. I was like, his resume is like a mile long. Oh, yeah. You know, well, and they look at me and I was like, but he's a hippie. I think all cowboys are a little hippie. Oh, for sure. Well, and think about this, man. I think, and this is just, this just comes down to a little bit of comparison stuff. I think people automatically assume nowadays that just because you have a pair of jeans and some cowboy boots that you think you're cowboy. There's, I genuinely have friends that live in Oklahoma that own jeans and boots, and they just consider themselves country folk. They don't think they're cowboy whatsoever. They're just country people. And I think that that, that's a big thing is like, why can't you just wear what Ian Munsick wears? Let his hair flow down. That's right. Let him him be country. Think about Co Wetzel. Yeah. Co Wetzel is a, I would call, I would be borderline say that boy's cowboy because he's about as wild as it gets. He's got the attitude of one of the, of of being somebody's top hand that you got to go bail out of jail every Saturday. 100%. And then you got guys like a Cody Johnson who he really is a cowboy. And he also he wears what he wants. So I think that people just automatically assume nowadays because of shows like, you know, Yellowstone and all that, that just because you have jeans and boots, you think you're a cowboy. No, there's country people out there. Oh, yeah. Plenty of them. Well, you know, and Cody Johnson's a good example, too, is you've got a lot of people go. I've, I've heard and I've got comments, too, about I have tattoos mm-hmm. and oh, you don't you don't see too many cowboys with tattoos. It's like, have you seen Cody Johnson? He's got he a full sleeve and hand tattoos. Yeah. He's got his own hat line. Do you have your own hat line? Yeah. I mean, you know? I mean, the way, the way that I looked at Cowboys is we're a wild bunch. Yeah. We really are. And, I, you know, I listened to a podcast that Gary LaFue was on, and he talked about, like, all the wild stuff that him and his buddies used to do and all that. And I'm like, they're just wild people. We're going to do what we want. Like, I mean, they used to sleep on the ground out in the middle of nowhere. Like, that's pretty wild if you ask me. I just... I don't know at what point, and and I I genuinely feel like it's a very small group of people that are so concerned about how people represent this and that, and it the, because their opinion genuinely doesn't matter. Opinions are opinions for reason, and I don't think that there's ever been a set example of what a cowboy or a country boy should be. You are who you are, and I think it should stand there. Yeah, just be you. Exactly. Exactly. We we spend too many times trying to put labels on people and trying to trying to put people in neat little boxes. And I can remember growing up, you know, growing up in the eighties and the nineties, and it, we were preached to be individuals. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like we've gotten away from that. Oh yeah. We've gotten so far away of our own individuality to where now everybody either feels like they need to belong to a certain group or if you don't assign yourself one just wait someone will assign one for you you know and i kind of want to connect my disability to that i feel like that that's a a great segue into kind of what i'm going to talk about when it comes to my disability i've always had the attitude of i don't want to be the stereotypical handicapped person that doesn't do much with their life and I know that there's some handicapped people out there that are making millions, millions of dollars and all that stuff. But I've always thought about the people that don't want to do anything, whether they can or can't do something. They just don't want to do anything. And so I've always taken pride in just trying something, man. I, I didn't want to be a part of any type of group, whatever. I wanted to be rowdy. That's That's been me my entire life. And that's what my parents have pushed for. You don't have to try to be somebody. You are rowdy. And people are going to love you for you. Yeah, I used to tell my writing students, and that is a, a perfect example of what I used to tell them. And I've told it to people who have come to me, uh, you know, talking about horses. Oh, I'd love to get back to riding, but I have this going on, or I'd love to get back, but I had an injury, or this, that, and the other. And I used to tell this to my students when they say, oh, I can't, I can't do that. I tell them, grab two pieces of paper, write down all the reasons why you can't. And then on the others, write down all the reasons why you can. Now, take the one Take the first one, follow it up, throw it away. Let's focus on the second one, all the reasons why you can. 
Oh, yeah. I went to a, a conference in Dallas this past weekend with my parents, with my mom, my stepdad. And there's a guy uh, by the name of Nick Vucevic. The dude literally has no arms and no legs. Zero. Multimillionaire. Now, look at that dude and tell me that things aren't possible. I think that we live in a society that it encourages people to be lazy. And make and excuses. Not, yeah, to make excuses like that. And that and that's I feel like that's been that way for years. I mean, I think that and I get irritated like I gen, there's not many times where I, I'll get mad at people I don't know, but I'll see people that just they make excuses for not being able to do this or not being able to do that. I'm like, dude, half the time I'm in so much dang pain that I can hardly get up and down stairs. And you're making excuses saying why you can't do this or why you can't do that. And I'm just like, what? what is the point? Like, are you just not motivated to get to your goals? Or are you not motivated to do this or that? Which, but I mean, I get everybody has their own obstacles. I get that. I mean, there's people that have it way worse than I do. But the people that have it a little bit easier than me physically, I'm like, why wouldn't you push yourself to be the best version that you can be? But yet you're just you don't care to get to that point. You're just like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm content where I'm at. And when I'm not content, I'll just make excuses as to why I can't get better. Yeah. There was a, read an article earlier in this week, I put an episode out and it was this news around the equestrian world. And there was a young lady. She is 21 years old, was diagnosed with cancer, uh, last year. She has had four rounds of chemo since, in the middle of her first round of chemo, she was competing in dressage at a high level and won. Oh, and she competed all that's year. Badass, man. That's that's pretty badass. And I'll say just, that right now. Yeah, I mean, and I've watched people with cancer around me so that how it wipes them out. Mm-hmm. And they have every every they have every right in the world to say, I'm gonna take some time off. One hundred percent. And this girl didn't. And I know it affects everyone different. Oh yeah. And I know everyone with with your condition is affected a little different. Absolutely. It's not it's not the same experience for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I'm just always been one of those people that you're going to be your biggest enemy when it comes to to being held back from wanting to do anything. No, mm-hmm. you know, are you going to be a ballet a, a world renowned ballet dancer? No. But that doesn't mean that you couldn't become a ballet blogger. Hmm. You can find a way to get yourself into it. And I'm not saying you personally couldn't be a ballet. Oh, dancer. no. Yeah. Well, hey, you know what, man? I don't, my hips couldn't take it. My <laughs> hips could not take being a ballet dancer. But I, I think the big thing for me, man, is, you know, like you said, I, I understand that every, everybody is affected differently. And I, I recognize that. And, but I also, I give a lot of credit to my parents because my parents have pushed me to, push past the pain. I have friends that have reminded me, hey, you can't quit now. Like, I think my mom is probably one of the last people to feel sorry for me. My own mother, because my mom knows what I'm capable of doing and who I'm capable of being. And she will push me harder than anybody. Yeah. I'll call I'll call her one day and be like, hey, my hips are hurting. Well, have you stretched? Have you done your stretches lately? Like, she will call me out. Well, your and- mom was a gymnast, correct? Yeah, and, and your dad rode bulls, correct? So your mom's had more injuries than your dad. Probably, yeah. <laughs> probably. I, I think my mom's probably the toughest person I've ever met. That's that's for sure. My mom's easily the toughest person I've ever met. You know, I, I think I could probably say the same about mine. Moms are just that way. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, when I was going to see doctors when I was a kid, my mom was the one person that was always at a doctor's appointment. I don't think my mom ever missed a doctor's appointment. When it came to my disability and things like that, and you know, when there was times where my dad wasn't very involved with my life as I was growing up, my mom never missed anything. Yeah, I, I think my mom might have missed one football game when I was in high school, one game, and I would sit on the sideline for most of it. But my mother did not miss but one game. That's it. And you know, you, you got to think too is that. As a, I, I can't even imagine what it's like to be a parent with a with a person with a disability. Like my mom genuinely is probably the toughest person I've ever met because she had to raise me while I was struggling with this. 
and I've always said that too. Whenever I see a child um, with a disability, and I always look at the parents, and uh, you know, I have a I have an aunt and uncle, um, which means I have a cousin who has Down syndrome, mm-hmm. and I always look at them and go, you know, they didn't ask for this. Mm-hmm. They didn't ask for, and and they're older. And, you know, they were done having kids, and they decided to go one more time. Mm-hmm. And so now they're older, and and, and they're raising a child um, with Downs and now, you know, high-functioning. And yeah. he, is a, he is a great kid, but, you know, the trials have to be hard. And, you know, there's times when they sit there at night, and they you question. Mm-hmm. You, I, I don't think any, any sane person doesn't. And just to watch them and go, you know, they have to be the strongest people I know. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I'm a person where I I like to dream big. I don't care if it seems too big because I I serve a God that is bigger than my biggest dreams. So, you know, I've told my mom because I truly believe some big doors could be open through this TikTok stuff. Like, I truly believe that. I told my mom on the phone yesterday, I said, I hope, you know, within the next five years, I'm going to pay off your house. I'm going to pay off your house or I'm going to pay for your vac. I'm going to pay for you and Mark to go on vacation. And, you know, I, I owe so much to my parents, her, my stepdad, my biological dad, you know, I, I owe so much to them for helping me be who I am today. Um, you know, so I, I just, I think that my mother probably doesn't get as much credit as she should. Cause I, I, I get so many people have reached out to me, told me that I'm inspirational. All that. I'm like, you ought to talk to my mom. You got to hear my mom's story. And, you know, I I just think that, you know, I'm very thankful for the the parents that I have that helped raise me to who I am today. I think that if you do start a podcast, I think that needs to be your first interview. Oh, for sure. Get get mom. And let me know when that drops because I want to listen to it. Oh, for sure. For sure. You know, and it's, it's. It really is crazy, man, because my mom has been I don't think there's ever been really one time other than when I was a kid and I wanted to play soccer. My mom was like, no, you're not playing soccer. (laughs) Thank the Lord for giving her that wisdom. Uh, But my mom has never held me back from anything, man. I've told my mom, I want to go around rodeo. I want to be around this. I want to be around that. And she's never said, no, you can't do that. You're going to be a youth pastor because that's what you're going to school for. My mom is. 100% 100% supportive. So same as my stepdad. My stepdad is about as far from country as you can get, but he is so supportive and they push me and they, they know the dreams that I have and they know my aspirations and they're like, all right, well, we know you're capable of it. So we're not going to let you give up on it. And, you know, like I was telling you before we started this man was, I feel like I have a responsibility to represent the, the handicapped community. Um, I have a voice that a lot of them don't, and I have a platform that many of them don't. And I feel like I have a responsibility to live my life to the fullest because there's children and adults that would literally give anything to live one day that I have to be able to use the legs that don't work very well for me, but they work. They would give anything for that. So I feel like I have a responsibility to live my life as positively as I can you know, love on people, you know, just be the best rowdy that I can be because others can't. And they, they're proud and they're a thousand times tougher than I am. The people that are in wheelchairs won't ever be able to walk again. They're, they're tougher than I am, but I owe it to them to chase my dreams and live the best life that I can because they're not able to do what I can do. You know, the, the, I've always said the greatest honor would be if I can inspire one person to go and do one thing and and that's exactly what you're doing is people that may not think they can or have given up on on goals for whatever reason you're giving them the inspiration to get up and go try and and that was what i first saw in you and i was like i he's got to tell a story for me and and everyone else i appreciate that so rowdy it has been a pleasure to have you on buddy you I've, I feel like I have made a buddy. And, oh, uh, for sure. So for sure, man. I'm, I'm actually planning a trip to Texas here in, see, I'll be in Salt Lake City or right outside of Salt Lake City in June, but I'm planning a trip to Texas, I think, before that with okay. another content creator. So uh, m- might have to might have to 
plan something. Hey, we might have to, man. We might have to. So, hey, uh, go ahead. If it, if you've got brands or if you've got social media and or anybody out there that you want to shout out to, go ahead and drop it. I owe that to you. Oh, I appreciate that, man. So, again, I want to give a huge shout out to Cactus, Cactus Alley Hat Company. They were the first company to really reach out to me and re- really put stock into me. Um, so, a uh, huge shout out to Cactus Alley Hat Company. Also, uh, my socials are, my Instagram is rowdy underscore Colton. And then uh, my TikTok is the Gimpy Cowpoke. Um, and then just, again, I, I've talked uh, about them before, but huge shout out to my parents, man. Um, you know, the, I, I, I truly believe that this is the beginning for me. This is only the beginning and things are only going to get bigger. So huge shout out to them for just pushing me to get to this point. And, but, uh, yeah, man, that's really it. I appreciate you having me on, man. And I'm so excited to see where the Lord leads both of us and, you know, excited to see you down the road at some point, man. That works for me, man. And, uh, again, I would love to have you on in the future and, uh, I don't know, we'll do a, maybe, uh, maybe around football season. We'll, oh, we'll, for we'll just sure. bore everybody to death with football. Oh, I am so down for that one. So, Rowdy, again, it has been a pleasure. Thank you so very much for coming on. Yes, sir. Thank you very much for having me. It's been a pleasure. told you guys that was going to be an amazing episode and it did not disappoint rowdy is a true inspiration honestly for everyone um you can catch him on his social media particularly on tiktoks where i found him that's at the gimpy cowboy his other social media links will be down in the description of this episode also want to thank a sponsor today and that would be the illiterate podcast network that is our parent network uh without the illiterate podcast network none of this would be possible you can catch the life illiterate podcast that is me joined by my friend jesse parker nate and mark with a c uh and all the shenanigans that we go through trials and tribulations of being 30 somethings and dads it is an explicit podcast so make sure the kiddos aren't around you can also catch a round table of mediocre horsemen an upcoming podcast on the illiterate podcast network that also stars me and uh, a group of some of my closest horse friends and it is straight up shenanigans that one also too has an explicit rating so be careful with the kiddos Outside of that, thank you all so very much for listening, and I will catch you next time.